Hello and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief uh, Content Director for Meetings Today. And we're here here at um, IMAX America 2022. Um, It's buzzing uh, on the floor here. Everybody's excited to uh, get back and see each other and also, uh, you know, do some business. Um, And uh, here is a person who knows the uh, business of meetings and events, um, being with uh, Merit's Global Events of Enterprise Vice President and Chief Operating Officer Steve O'Malley. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Happy to be here, Tyler, and once again, happy to be at IMAX America. And we were just talking, um, too, you know, about uh, what the atmosphere is like here. And uh, I've been to every one of these. And you were talking about uh, the the one last year was really nice and sweet and heartwarming, and people were kind of rekindling um, their relationships with people maybe they hadn't seen for a while. How is this year's uh, IMAX America different in your opinion? Yeah, so I think, as we said, last year was about the community, the events community, and really reconnecting and, and just having a wonderful time of catching up with all the news that we've missed for two years. I think the big difference this year, this is about commerce. This is about actually executing business. People have lots and lots of demand. People are investing a great deal to be both here as exhibitors as well as here as guests or hosted buyers, and they were looking for transactions. And our booth has been hopping. I think the entire show floor has been hopping, and I know IMAX is just thrilled with the turnout and I guess a record number of hosted buyers. So it really is about commerce this year, Tyler. Well, I am, as I'm we're interviewing, uh, taping this, it's Wednesday, so I can't wait to hear that number. But I think I'll probably have to wait till the press conference tomorrow on Thursday. But um, So tell us, um, you know, Merit's global events is always, you have such a wide, such a large audience. You really have your pulse on the industry and you do issue um, industry trends reports. So, you know, what's, what's the uh, overarching view? What are you seeing in your recent uh, reports? Great, great. Well, there's a handful of items and I'll, you know, I'll talk about the first one first. And that is the fact that essentially the, the attendee today is different from the attendee pre-COVID. And that is because I think the entire world has been pushed, pushed to their limits relative to kind of the, the sadness and suffering that we've seen. Certainly our industry being shut down for as long as it was, it's really changed how people view what is their purpose, what is the meaning behind both attending events as well as what is the meaning of their of their work life. And, and for that reason, I think we as an industry need to change how we're shaping and designing events in order to attract people in to the good work that we know we do. But that means that we have to have our events be clearly aligned with individuals' purpose, with their values, things like uh, environmental consciousness, things like uh, sustainability, things like diversity, equity, and inclusion need to be front and center in the offering of the events in order to make sure that that everybody sees that and that they know that that event, attending that event, is going to be in alignment with their with their value system. So, I really do think that this is you know those are all things that were coming online in North America in particular, and we're way behind Europe, but um, now it needs to be a central focus of how we're designing events. Yeah, that's interesting you brought that up because um, I've been attending lots of press conferences and talking to people here, and really there almost seems to be a disconnect, especially around sustainability between uh, people in Europe and North America. And I think, I know in North America, DEI is very prevalent as it should be, but I mean, are we just not getting the message about sustainability or what are your opinions on that? Well, I mean, I I think that that's been building, but I actually do think that there's a sea change afoot. You know, we're seeing, in fact, in the RFPs that we're receiving and in fact, in the RFPs we're sending out to all of our supplier partners, 
that that is a critical piece. We need to measure up both as a company that's providing uh, event design solutions, but also we're looking for partners that can help us fulfill on the value chain of how we deliver in a sustainable fashion. So I think there's going to be greater industry focus. There's going to be hopefully industry standards if we can get our industry to work together collectively because it's in the best interest of all of us. Um, and there's lots of great efforts that are underway. We simply need to collect those together in one body and make sure that we're doing this in, in the same way. So we are behind where Europe is, um, but I I'm firmly believe that we're going to catch up. And I, you know, when you look at what the hotels are doing, I was just with Accor. Accor has all kinds of great tools at the disposal of, of the meetings industry to measure your carbon footprint. They're committed to getting customer facing plastics out of every one of their properties this year. Um, the airline industry is frankly already moving for, forward with their efforts to go to carbon neutrality by 2050, but they're already making that effort relative to bringing in new equipment. Um, and really the airline industry is only producing 4% right now of the carbon output in, in all of the world. So, you know, the fact that they're moving in the right direction already is going to be, I think, positive because we do need people to get on planes. We do need people to go to these events in order to make them valuable. And, uh, and I think we as event organizers need to be asking all along the value chain, how are we going to complement the good work that's underway in other parts of the industry? So we're getting the message and it's going to be front and center as we go forward. Um, and, you know, you are an event uh, design company um, and leading up to this, of course, we had some talking points to go over. Um, one of them was attendees are more empowered than ever. What if we let them de design events? What does that mean? So, you know, we like to say that in the past we did we did events almost to attendees. Right. And then for a while we were kind of bringing them in and bringing our clients in and saying, let's 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 create events with our attendees and our guests. And now I think as a result of sort of what we've all gone through, I think I think individual guests want more flexibility, they want more choice, they want more agency around how they're going to spend their time, how they're gonna consume the important messages that an event delivers. Um, so finding ways to bring them in and actually helping, asking them to help build the agenda, build even the, the breaks that they need because of the density of the information quite often that we're trying to get across. And, and being open to that, really turning the table and making sure that their voice is absolutely heard and really they can be the designers with us and for us. And, and then we're creating an experience that's their own. They own it. And, and that's the, I think that is the future of the events business. Great. And then um, how about data privacy? There's new laws regarding that. And there's so many issues uh, out to the fore, you know, with the pandemic, with uh, inflation with you know global unrest uh then here we go da da uh, data privacy again yeah. uh what do people what should they be concerned with and uh paying attention to in that regard so i think our point of view on it is yes it's there it is coming i know that there's five states with data privacy laws that are just about to be enacted much of them they're very similar at their core all of them are pretty much aligned with gdpr which our entire industry had to deal with just a couple of years ago so what we're counseling our clients is, yes, you need to be mindful of data. Let's set a very high standard relative to uh, privacy concerns that our guests might have, but let's not be afraid of it either. If you use data correctly, then it helps you design events more effectively, more cost effectively, and, and we can get to that data and just be very upfront with, with our guests as to how we're gonna use that to enhance the experience that we're trying to build for them. 
And um, let's talk about client-supplier relations. Um, you describe them as, as being at an all-time strain. Um, I mean, I would think one of those issues has to do with uh, the labor environment, workforce. Um, you know, you go, you take a meeting somewhere, and you might not get the service levels that you once had, but you're being charged for those service levels. Is, is it a cart before the horse sort of deal or um, apples to oranges? I don't know what the metaphor is, right, but uh, right. maybe expand on that. Sure thing. Well, it's, I think it's so multifaceted. One, the, the example that you just provided, which is, yes, our clients are, are paying significant prices, in some cases, um, even higher than pre-pandemic levels. And that really is driven by supply and demand. Demands at an all-time high for you name it, airfare, uh, for hotels, for destination services, etc. A lot of that because much of it's being consumed by the leisure traveler. Um, but yes, if you're paying a premium, you expect premium service. And really, that's that's part of the role that we play as event designers. We can be the intermediary between um, maybe one of the providers that is, is suffering from the labor shortage and our people can go in and fill the gap. So, so that's part of the value that we provide. I think the other part, too, when we say that there's strains between ultimate clients and suppliers is it comes down to sort of legal clauses, if you will. Everybody was burned by, by uh, force majeure on both sides, right? And just understanding that. We're seeing some clients because they've had turnover internally with new legal counsel or new outside counsel, and they're really taking a black and white view to contracts that are really the standard in our industry. On the same side, we're seeing our suppliers who are saying, we're not doing that again. You know, the brands are being, they're representing their owners as best they can, yeah. vehemently so. And what our job is, is to help them see that there is a middle ground. And, and I think that if we just back out of our corners and try and figure out how we facilitate business, there's a way that we can get to a situation that doesn't absolve either side completely of risk, but it's an acceptable level of risk that allows us to move forward with events that really deliver value. And, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic, uh, the leisure market was very strong. There was a lot of insane room rates, and especially in the leisure destinations. Um, and it's sort of uh, been kicking meetings and events to the back burner in some cases. Um, and then at the same time, other costs have risen incredibly everywhere. Gas prices, inflation. Um, how much have they risen and what's your prognosis? Are they gonna come down in the near future? So that's part of my research even being here this week um, is to ask our network of suppliers what they're seeing going into 2023. And I can say to a person, everyone that I've asked, they're not seeing any softening in rates. So whether it's airfare, whether it's hotels, whether it's the services that we enjoy in destinations, uh, those, are, those are still up. Part of it is being cost driven. You know, when we look across the board in the hospitality industry in general, salaries are probably up 20% from where they were pre-pandemic. Pre um, but that's just one element. The, the, real, the real driver is, again, supply and demand. It is, we don't have more hotels, we don't have more meeting space, um, food and beverage costs are going up, so that's part of it too. Um, so really, you know, it's, it's our job as event designers to help our customers understand where the most important elements of any given event are to invest in. You know, a good example, the huge audiovisual expense with a big trade show or a big event uh, set up. Do people really notice that last mile of AV spend? And that's the most expensive last mile that you can have. Or, you know, is it really, let's focus on the message because the message is the medium 
not necessarily the piping and draping. So that's our role is to help our clients understand how to get the best, best possible effect out of the investment they're making. And, and that's the business that we're in. And what's your opinion on uh, like attendance, um, the duration of meetings? Um, we've just been through uh, an incredible period like we've never seen before in the pandemic. Things have uh, obviously changed radically. Um, have the sort of basic uh, parameters of a meeting changed? Not in, not as other than the density. So, you know, it, what I think people are so tired of is, you know, we all became accustomed to Zoom meeting or Teams meeting after Zoom. We can't do that to people live. We frankly, I think we all gained our senses after a while during the shutdown where we said we can't have nine straight hours of meetings. But clearly when people coming are coming back to events like this, they need more margin. They need more time away. And so I think what we're trying to do is encourage our, our customers to build events with lots of thought time in that and wellness for that matter. Um, I think people are more focused on that than ever. Both you know, spiritual, mental, and physical well-being are a critical component of, of making sure that people are gonna take away the messages that you want. Um, but as far as the number of days, no, I think the attendance is probably, when we look at our trade show and our association work, it's probably right around 80%, which is good. And I'll say that that's, that's a fair place to be right now because pre-pandemic numbers, we may have had bigger numbers, but they might not have been necessarily the right economic players to be at some of those events. What we're seeing are serious people with serious issues and serious opportunities that are being addressed on the trade show floor right now. And as a result of that, when we are working with our exhibitors, the exhibitor sales, the exhibitors desire to gain interaction and gain contact information is higher than it was even pre-pandemic. So it's a better economic model right now for many of the, the players that are involved in our industry. Well, great. Uh, thank you for joining us, Steve. Any other thoughts? Well, so my, my one remaining thought is, you know, as we all come out of this, I think from now on, we're going to see if we're not tied back to purpose of the organization and the purpose of the people showing up there, we're, we're missing the boat. I think people's time is way too valuable. People's safety is way too valuable. Uh, the convenience that they give up when they're not at home is too valuable. We need to make sure that as an industry, we're focusing on not just as we've always said for 10 years, where, where it's people, planet, profit. Now it needs to be people, planet, purpose. Great. Well, thanks for joining us, Steve. Happy to be here. Thanks, Tyler. Um, and that was uh, Steve O'Malley, Enterprise Vice President and Chief Operating Officer for Merit's Global Events. Um, and thank you for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director um, from IMEX. America 2022. Um, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Head on over to meetingstoday.com. Check out our podcast section for other interviews with industry thought leaders and whatever you're up to with the rest of the day. Um, I hope it's a great one. Thank you. Mm -hmm.